This is Tailgate Till May, your place for year-round college sports talk. I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I'm excited to be joined for a very special episode today by Kyle Kelly. Kyle covers Notre Dame football recruiting for blueandgold.com on three's Notre Dame affiliate. You can also find him on Twitter, or I guess X as we're now calling it, at by Kyle Kelly. Kyle's here, of course, to preview the season ahead for the Irish. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Happy to be here. Notre Dame got things up and running about a week early with them playing week zero in Ireland against Navy. So we've been uh, on uh, rolling on all cylinders over the last week or so. So it's been busy already. So, Kyle, we're going to get into some of the X's and O's stuff, what's new with the team, players to watch out for, all that good stuff. But I have to start with what I view as the most important news. Notre Dame earlier this week unleashed their green jerseys for the Ohio State game. What was your take on those jerseys? And not only that, what was your take on uh, how they announced it, that Jerry Maguire video? Yeah, I think they hit it out of the park with both the jerseys and the announcements. I, I mean... I wasn't familiar with the Jerry Maguire video beforehand, but I just like kind of comparing the two. They absolutely killed it. I think Marcus Freeman could probably have a secondary career as an actor if he wanted. He's done extremely well with that. And then think about last year when they were in Vegas, they did a, a rendition of the Hangover for the Shamrocks uh, series uniform unveiling. So, yeah, they had, uh, Freeman's done extremely well with that. And I, I was a big fan of the jerseys, honestly. Like, I think that color green is nice. It's a modern color. And um, admittedly, like the Notre Dame fan base, there's a lot of people that value tradition and are more old-fashioned. So I think that initially that some of the older generational fans, like, weren't um, as thrilled about the jerseys as some of the young, young fan base. But for me, I, I thought they were a, a great, uh, trying to think of the word for it. It, it just a great uniform overall especially for like a modern era of college football I know the one big thing was like the green pants as well I, I don't Notre Dame does not have green pants I don't know how often they've worn them in the past but if they have been very rare um, and they're going with that look this year and I thought the green pants match well that's what the players want to wear and they're going to look slick under the lights on uh, September 23rd against Ohio State. That's where I'm at with all this stuff at this point. It's like I'm old enough now where if the players like it, if the players want to wear it, if the players are having fun with it, then I'm all for it. But I, I actually really like those jerseys as well. I'm always a big proponent of the green jerseys for Notre Dame because in my mind, when I think of the green jerseys, it's a special occasion always. And my first exposure to those green jerseys was the Bush push game way back when Reggie Bush was there at USC. They had that game in South Bend. I think Charlie Weiss said they there was no guarantee they were going to wear the green jerseys. They warmed up in the traditional blues and then they came out for the game in green. A really cool moment in college football history. We're going into year two of the Marcus Freeman era here at Notre Dame. And last year, it kicked off with so much excitement. I mean, the expectations were absolutely through the roof. And they came out, and the start to the season was not quite what anybody wanted. They ended up rebounding, going 8-4 and four in the regular season, and then winning the bowl game to finish 9-4. and four. So where are expectations this year? It's tough to really say, like, college football playoff. I think they think they got the quarterback to get them there. But the team around them, I don't think, is college football playoff potential. 
So realistically, I think Notre Dame's probably playing for a, a New Year's Six Bowl bid uh, this season. And if things go well against uh, – there's three games on this schedule that are going to make or break Notre Dame's season. It's Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. I think if Notre Dame wins two of those three, they have um, a seat at the table to be in discussion for the college football playoff. I mean, when you talk about those three schools, um, especially with the emergence of USC, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, those are debatably, you know, three of the top 10 teams in the country. Uh, And if Notre Dame can sweep those opponents, uh, obviously if they finish undefeated, they're going to be a lock to play in the college football playoff. But um, I think like the biggest thing this year for Notre Dame is not to have a hiccup like they did last year against Marshall and Stanford. That was the one thing that made Brian Kelly so great. He won all the games he was supposed to. Um, ironically, the bigger games was where uh, Brian Kelly kind of faltered. And last year you saw with Marcus Freeman, they almost stole one away week one in Ohio State before the defense fell apart over the last 16 minutes of that game. Um but also the consequence, they put all their energy into that Ohio State game week one, came back week two, Marcus Freeman's first home game at Notre Dame Stadium. They lose to Marshall. That cannot happen this year. That'll be unacceptable for the Notre Dame fan base. Um, somehow, some way, I think they're still in the honeymoon uh, phase with Marcus Freeman right now. It, there's a lot to like and be excited about. He's a charismatic, energetic guy, easy to root for, um, great to cover as a reporter. But uh, he's got to win the games he's supposed to. And I, I don't think anyone's really necessarily expecting Notre Dame to go 3-0 and against Ohio State, Clemson, and USC. But if they can win two of those three games, it's really possible that I think that they can have a seat at the table um, and at least pound that table to be in the college football playoff. But just realistically speaking, I, I think you're probably hoping for a, a New Year's Six Bowl and coming away from this season, including your bowl game with a like an 11 and two sort of record. So it seems like Marcus Freeman has kind of realized that consistency was a problem last year too, because I saw a tweet from Adam Rittenberg earlier this week uh, where he had some quotes from Freeman kind of talking about how, you know, last year he was talking about national championships and winning the 12th game and things like that. And he said, he's gone away from that this year. Have you noticed anything either from what Marcus Freeman has said or how the team has operated early in fall camp so far uh, that's different from last year and kind of aimed more towards finding that consistency? Yeah, you're going to challenge my memory a little bit here, but I know that um, at least the first two practices, I don't know if this was the case last year, but after the team uh, stretched and warmed up, uh, they he brought the entire team together at center field all on a knee like it was a post-practice setting and basically wanted them to remain purposeful during throughout the whole session uh, and not rushing things, you know, more or less. Because I think the message last year was, and Marcus kind of said this in his opening press conference for preseason camp, was they were trying to go from go to 100 right away. They were go, 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 go. And he even noted uh, in last year's first practice that they – probably didn't have as strong as an opening to, to fall camp as they would like. They were trying to go at full speed all the time, and now Marcus Freeman, as a second-year head coach, he's starting to learn that what sorts of adjustments he can make from year to year. So this year, I think there's a much uh, short-term focus on, on the season. I, I don't think they're trying to 
look too far ahead and establish the goals that we just talked about in the postseason. You know, it's always cliche to, you know, worry about week one against Navy and only focus on that opponent. But I think that Notre Dame is going to really kind of try to take that season in this direction where it's going to be a week-by-week thing, uh, and they're not going to focus on the college football playoff or where they stand in bowl seeding. I think it's, you know, eventually if they start to – they'll have a better idea after that Ohio State and USC game where they sort of stand with that sort of thing, and then that conversation can probably be had and certainly be a goal. But I think this season, um, at least from what we've observed and even heard at practice, is that they're trying to scale things back and be smarter and uh, you know, basically not get ahead of themselves. Well, one of the things that will certainly be different from last year is the offense. The Irish lose Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator to Alabama. They bring in new offensive coordinator Gerard Parker, uh, an internal promotion. They also have a new O-line coach and Joe Rudolph, and O-line has been a historical strength of Notre Dame. And then, of course, a, a new quarterback in Wake Forest transfer Sam Hartman. So what are you expecting from the offense this year? They should score a lot of points. That's going to be the goal. The you know One thing that held Notre Dame back last year is their quarterback play was not great and their wide receiver play was not great either. Uh, they do have pretty much all the same wide receivers uh, this season, but these guys are under year two of new wide receivers coach uh, Chanty Stuckey. I mean, he's not new anymore. This is his second season along Marcus Freeman and those guys, but you can just see from last year at this time to now the strides that wide receiver core has made. And I think a big part of that, believe it or not, is they signed um, four freshmen, three of them that are really high caliber potential college football players. Um, there's two specifically, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores. I think they're about you know two top 250 ranked players in the 2023 recruiting cycle. Both those guys have really come on. They came on strong in the spring. Um, I think they've kind of leveled out, so to speak, in, in preseason camp as a lot of the veteran guys have kind of got more of the reps with uh, you know, fall camp or in with the season right around the corner. But Greyhouse and Flores are two guys that have been working with the twos and really pushed that those number one, so to speak, wide receivers to really step up and uh, take their game to another level. And then, of course, when you have Sam Hartman uh, throwing him the quarterback, it's just an entirely different uh, vibe, atmosphere. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be entering his sixth college football season. I think he's the ACC's all-time leader in touchdowns before he got to Notre Dame. He's right up there, all-time pass yards, and uh, he's a gunslinger. And Notre Dame's going to take advantage of that this season. They're not going to be a where last last season their approach was you know, they were going to run the clock down. They were going to run you tirelessly. They had two really good backs in Aldrich Estime and Logan Diggs. Diggs transferred back home to LSU, so this is just going to be primarily a, a Aldrich Estime backfield with a couple of really young running backs that are, are going to be fresh and provide a different change of pace. But I think what we're going to really expect is a lot of, a lot of downfield passing, um, a lot of wide receivers getting the ball, and one final thought is Notre Dame doesn't have Michael Mayer this year at tight end. Obviously, he was the best tight end ever to walk through Notre Dame, set all the record book, uh, records up and down for a career and season at Notre Dame, and 
He's in Las Vegas now. So Notre Dame's going to have to find a new dimension in that offense with tight end, and I think they're not going to rely as heavy at that position, obviously, this season. And more so, uh, we can really expect the wide receivers to step up. So based on that Jerry Maguire video releasing the green jerseys, Audric Estime looks like he could handle about 400 to 500 carries by himself this year. Uh, he, he was looking great in that video, just a, a rock of a human being. But with the loss of Diggs, is there any concern about him carrying the load by himself and, and what's behind him? I thought initially when it happened there was, but Notre Dame went to the transfer portal and they got Devin Ford out of Penn State. Ford missed, I think he, I don't know if he ended up getting to play the first four games and redshirted and then left the team for the remainder of the year or what exactly um, the circumstance was, but he has a, a year or two left of eligibility. He's a veteran guy that was a highly touted recruit. He's going to, he transferred to Notre Dame for a fresh start. And the one thing about the Notre Dame running backs room since uh, Dylan McCullough the current running backs coach um, at Notre Dame, he's in his second year. He's recruited that position extremely well. Um, unfortunately, Notre Dame had three running backs co verbally committed in the 2023 cycle, uh, close to signing day. Both those guys flipped to Colorado and Oregon, so they only signed one running back. But this running back they fought tooth and nail for against some of the top NIL uh, competitors in college football right now. And that was Jeremiah Love from St. Louis. He's a top 100 guy. He's looked unbelievable so far uh, through fall camp. And ahead of him, though, are two two sophomores, Jabron Payne and uh, Jadarian Price, who are both going to have a massive role in this offense. Jabron Payne had to sit behind Estime Diggs and Chris Tyree last year. Diggs is off to LSU. Tyree moves through a slot wide receiver. Jabron Payne's a number two guy. He had a great spring game. He's looked good in practice. Jadarian Price was a guy that Dylan McCullough was kind of hinting at being their number one back as a freshman entering the 2022 season. But unfortunately, he tore his Achilles during the summer, put that on him on the men for the entire year. It's the big question surrounding that running back room is really going to be the health of it because like you mentioned SMA is going to be getting a lot of carries I think 200 is just like the floor for him but behind him you have Jajarian Price coming off that Achilles injury injury Jabron Payne's had an injury history in uh, high school but knock on wood for Notre Dame he's been pretty healthy so far so I think initially when you saw Diggs leave and kind of the unfortunate outcome of the 2023 recruiting cycle, it was going to be a concern. But then they bring Ford in, and then they get Jadarian Price back to full strength. And you combine that all that with uh, Dylan McCullough's instruction and the way he's elevated that running backs room. And I think you can feel, I wouldn't say confident, but you can sleep at night knowing that's what you have behind Sam Hartman and that offensive line. So you mentioned NIL, and I know recruiting is what you cover on a day-to-day -day basis there. What's your sense right now on where Notre Dame stands as far as the broader NIL landscape and what they can offer? Are they competitive with the upper echelon schools in the sport, or where do they stand when it comes to NIL? Yeah, so the big thing about Notre Dame that's different from some college football programs is they don't make any upfront guarantees. They're not going to pay acquisition fees to get players in the program uh it's just a whole philosophical thing 
Uh, they're not paying guys that haven't played it down yet to come to the university. And I think there's been some uh, changes and some involvement to that uh, approach. I, I don't know the absolute details, but I know that they are a little bit more forward-thinking with it now. Um, they're never going to guarantee that guys are going to walk into Notre Dame day one and get a certain amount of money. And they're, Notre Dame's not going to pay kids. So to go on unofficial visits, that's just not how, how they operate. But I think their their pitch has gotten uh, stronger as far as what guys can earn once they go and play at Notre Dame. I know Kyle Hamilton was extremely successful in the NIL space at Notre Dame. So was Michael Mayer. So was Isaiah Foskey. Tyler Buckner did super well. Notre Dame, I don't know the exact details behind it, but Sam Hartman wasn't coming to Notre Dame for free. So there was something uh, that pulled him from Wake Forest to, to Notre Dame. So there are they are more forward-thinking with it. They're trying to follow the cutting edge, but they're never going to be a team like Oregon, Tennessee, or Miami, schools that are allegedly you know, comfortable with throwing around you know, a lot of the dollars to top-end top recruits. Uh, up front, that's just not going to be Notre Dame. And, you know, their whole approach is once you get here, here's what we can do for you. But until then, it's not really going to be a big talking point. You touched on Sam Hartman transferring from Wake Forest. I saw that they signed seven transfers in the offseason, which is uh, not a ton. It's not the 50 that Colorado signed or even the 30 that Arizona State did, but it's not nothing either. How does Notre Dame stack up when it comes to the transfer portal with other academically minded schools like Stanford in the past has n- taken almost no transfers? Is, is Notre Dame open to taking more transfers than uh, some of those academically minded schools that haven't in the past? The big thing with Notre Dame with transfers is they target grad transfers. I'm pretty sure all seven of those guys that enrolled at Notre Dame this spring are all grad transfers. Um, There was an exception the previous fall where Notre Dame got Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, obviously a pretty high academic university. And they actually, there was a little bit of trouble getting Brandon Joseph from what we've heard into Notre Dame seamlessly. I think supposedly it was like Easier so Brandon Joseph technically left Notre Dame early um, for the NFL, and if he wanted to finish his degree, I, I'm pretty sure it's actually easier for him to finish that at Northwestern compared to Notre Dame. It's just the credits don't translate easily. Uh, so, like if you're a sophomore, junior, or true senior, it's it's going to be really tough for those guys to to make the jump to Notre Dame. I think with freshmen, it's a little bit easier with your core classes and that sort of thing, but we haven't really seen Notre Dame go that direction yet. It's all been grad transfers. Getting those guys into the graduate schools are much easier. They already have a college degree, and that's what Notre Dame, it aligns with Notre Dame's philosophy as well. They want guys with experience that are going to come in, plug and play, and that's what they got in this year's cycle. Sam Hartman, boom, running back Devin Ford, a guy that's going to add depth. Um, Javante Jean-Baptiste, another guy that graduated from Ohio State, he comes in. He's going to have a big role on the defensive line. Antonio Carter from Rhode Island, they were desperate for safety depth. They bring him in. They plug and play. Both are kicker and punter, both grad transfer guys. So that's going to be Notre Dame's approach from year to year. And with the current 
um, climate of college football, I don't think you're going to be able to get away with not signing like at least five or so grad transfers per season. That's how Notre Dame's going to look to to fill fill out the roster and find ways to strengthen it where they failed in the recruiting cycles. That's what we saw last year, and I think we're going to see that um, in the years moving forward. Looking at the defensive side of the ball for Notre Dame, that was really the strength of the team last year. And on the defensive line, they lose Isaiah Foskey, who was an NFL draft pick. He had 10 and a half sacks last year, 10 sacks the year before. Really a disruptor on that defensive line. Looking at the defense, where do you expect the strength to be this year? Cornerbacks, for sure. They got a a freshman All-American and Benjamin Morrison. He had an incredible season for for a freshman he really emerged kind of out of nowhere he started week one against Ohio State despite being a a June enrollee and got better each week from there I going in or just today I saw I think pro football focus is considering him one of their top 50 players in all of college football and then they get a guy that had a chance to go to the NFL back in Cam Hart he made Bruce Feldman's freaks list uh, last summer. And just a little background on that, Steve, I'm sure you know, and probably some of the listeners, but that freaks list is some of the guys that are the top athletic specimens in these college football programs that there's an entire complete comprehensive list. And that thing goes nationwide Uh, with Cam Hart. uh, He made that list. He's, well over six foot, and he is built. He's super strong. You've seen him muscle around some wide receivers this year. Uh, but Notre Dame lost Hart uh, due to a sh- shoulder injury uh, during last season. He's had shoulder problems his whole career. They're going to need him to stay healthy. But the guys I have even behind Hart and Morrison are a, a lot of veteran guys that haven't seen playing time and some young up-and-comers such as Christian Gray, who's a freshman, and then Jaden Mickey, who was a freshman last season, had some freshman moments against Ohio State and USC. The cornerback is going to be the strength of this team. As much as Notre Dame fans don't want to agree with it, linebacker is another place that you can rely on with a bunch of grad student linebackers with Jack Kaiser, J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leifau, um, very veteran-laden group. And the two positions that are going to be challenged this year are safety and defensive line. But I think you, if you're Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, um, Al Golden, you're going to rely on your cornerbacks, and you're certainly going to rely on your linebackers as well. Kyle, I'll leave you with this. If Notre Dame does surprise and end up making the college football playoff this year, it's because what happens? Sam Hartman's a Heisman finalist. I think that the defense was good. It wasn't great last year. Um, they didn't really lose a lot of pieces on defense. I mean, yes, Isaiah Foskey is gone. They they lost some uh, veteran defensive linemen from that group with the Adam Alola twins. But pretty much a lot of those pieces are, are still intact. Now, where there are question marks, they're big ones with replacing Isaiah Foskey and, um, you know, the safety position specifically, that's that's a, a group that needs to get better. But if you got a quarterback and an offense that that can put up 40, 42 points a game, what's it matter? You know, I think Notre Dame's going to hopefully have an offense that can win shootouts. And if they win that way and Sam Hartman was 
going to have an extremely great statistical season. And it's gonna it's gonna require him re- require him to be a, a Heisman finalist, I think, if if we're talking about Notre Dame um, being in the college football playoff. And I think secretly behind the scenes, Notre Dame thinks that it has a quarterback that is certainly of that potential. He is Kyle Kelly. You can find his work at blueandgold.com. You can also find him on Twitter at by Kyle Kelly. Kyle, thank you so much for your time and have a fantastic football season. Thank you, Steve. That's our show for today. Until next time, keep the grill hot and the cooler cold. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.